course au revoir. Scripture says God is light, right? God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. So we say God is light. That means every expression, every manifestation of God is in light. So and if it's in light, it means you can't find darkness. You can't find darkness with God. So when God when God talks, when God moves, when God expresses himself, all that comes out of God is a manifestation and the expression of that light. Now, and this light, we, we understand that in John chapter 1, that in him was light, Right? And the light was the light, sorry, the light was the life of men. So we see that the light that God is, is actually the life of God. Are you seeing that? And uh, this life is supposed to be demonstrated as uh, light to others. It means another word for light is understanding. Are you seeing that understanding? Where uh, men begin to come into understanding, we're going to come into understanding of how God really is and what God demands from us as children of light. Like he said, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Uh, you see, the reason for light, another way I, I like in light is uh, truth. Light is revelation. Are you seeing that? Now, revelation is not to be stored as information. Revelation is to be, uh, revelation is for uh, uh, shining as light, right? That means revelation is to express the life of God as light. Hallelujah. Amen. So you see, uh, um, in Revelation chapter 4, where the four beasts caught a revelation of God from the throne. And uh, that revelation of God they, they caught was for worship. 
That means anytime light comes to us, anytime revelation comes to us, everyone will receive an understanding. Now, the essence of that understanding is for worship. It's to bring forth worship to God. Are you seeing that? So that my worship is my light I am shining. You know, can I read Revelation chapter 4, please? I just want to bring a little thought there. Then I... Hallelujah. Amen. Talk about the, the four beasts. I won't go into that. Uh, uh, we have Papa in the house. We have um, Pastor Dave Matthew. They're going to uh, four beasts. I just want to bring a little uh, thought from. Uh, what I want to say this uh, morning, from verse 8, and the four beasts had each them six wing about, and they were full of eyes within, and the rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 holy Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever. Verse 10, I said, and the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever. And cast their crowns before the throne, saying that, what do you, o Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power? For that created all things for thy pleasure, all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Uh, you see that uh, there is a level of understanding that the four beasts came into. And what uh, that understand, that revelation of God, a few who sat on the throne, I used that, brought about, uh, that understanding brought about a way of worship. A way of worshiping the Lord. Uh, what I'm trying to bring out from us here this morning is this, is that anytime the revelation dawn on us, anytime God brings understanding to his word, what God, what God is demanding from that understanding is worship. Because the reason why all that he created, everything, according to word read, all we created is for worship. Everything that God created is for worship. But I can't worship God without the... Revelation of him, the understanding of him. So you see that the four beasts, the understanding of God, they, they, got, they got about God, or got about him who sat on the throne, made them say, holy, holy, holy is God Almighty, who was, who is, and who is to come. By that light, by that revelation, the four beasts, the 24 elders, you know, what they display 
to him that sat on his throne, gave the 24 elders an understanding on how to respond in worship to God. Now, when you are facing pastors like this, and they are looking at your face like this, eh, I would like to see whether I am making little sense. You know, so I'm making little sense. So what, what I'm trying to say is this. This is what I'm trying to say. You know, the understanding of Lucifer about the Lord made him what he is, right? But he said that understanding was to bring him to a place where he will give that understanding to who? To God, right? But you see, that understanding made him what? Puff up, right? Whereby he was seeking for what? He was seeking for worship. Worship is not to any man. Worship is unto the Lord. Are you seeing that? So the any time there is an understanding, there is a light. Like there is an understanding, there is a light. There is a revelation that is coming forth. Maybe via me. It is not for to puff me up. It is to allow for worship to God. Because the only one that should be worshipped is God. Are you seeing that? So you see that when these four, uh, um, four living creatures were worshipping, they were not worshipping God so that the 25 others will give worship to them. Are you seeing that? Amen. They were not worshipping God so that the 25 others will give worship to them. So why they were worshipping, what they were, the 24 that were seeing was, was who? Was God. So that's why the see Bible says they were able to cast their crowns. Are you seeing that? And give worship to God. You see, that worship is our light. That worship, that worship is the understanding you now have that truly you know the essence of the revelation of God that has come to you, that has come to me, at the end of that revelation of God, is to bring what? Worship unto God. But you know that reverse has always been the case. The light and understanding that comes to us is for self-glory, for self-made, not unto the Lord. And you see that in Isaiah chapter, nine, chapter 6, verse 9, the, the, the seraphims who were charged, holy, 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 right? By an understanding of God's revelation they received, they were charging, holy, holy, holy. So the whole head is what? So you see that the reason for the revelation of God is to cause the what? I mean, my worship, your worship, will cause the whole head to be full of what? Full of God's glory. So when we're not giving glory that is due to his name, the old head will not be full of his glory. That means when I'm not walking in light as is in the light, the old head will not be full of his glory. Hallelujah. Papa.
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Before I continue, I um, want to just say a few things. Um, it's important for us to See, if you get up in the morning and you start walking on the road and uh, someone meets you on the, on the way, they're going to ask, after greeting you, they'll ask you, where are you going? Okay? So you must know where you're going, am I correct? Because you can't just get up and enter the road without knowing where you're going. Okay. So every Monday for the past seven years, every single one of us have been leaving our homes and come in here every Monday. So there must be something, there must be a reason why we're coming here. Um, I don't want us to just, I don't want it to be just be that. It, it, it's not possible for it to just be that we're just, <laughs> we're, we're just coming for no reason. There is something that we are coming here to do. And there's an effect that it has both on us, okay, and the body of the Messiah. Now, because we are not able to see things outside of our scope, uh, we are not able to know the impact of some things. For example, Pastor Dilly was here on Saturday. And it was teaching. On my iPad, what I see on my iPad is 20 views. I turned it off, turned it back on, refreshed it, and it kept on saying 20 views. But if I go to another, I went to the TV in my sitting room, and I saw 90-something views there. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Uh -huh. And um, sometimes my son tells me that people watch us from Russia. Do you understand? You see, so to now think that it's all about me and Pastor Uchi, or me and Pastor Donald, or Pastor Donald doesn't like the way I addressed him today, and things like that. You see, we are missing a lot of things. Are we together? Praise God. Some of us are about 70 years old or more. We are all leaders. So, we should, from time to time, you know, think through to understand that we are impacting people. And I'm not saying it because this is us. I'm saying it because that is the truth and that's the reality. I hope you hear what I'm saying. There are so many things that we say here that are here in other places. And it's either it's initiated from here or we are confirming what they are saying or they are confirming what we are saying. However, it's 
however it goes. All right? What we are doing here is impacting some way or the other. Are we together, please? Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, Pastor Samson said talking about light. Okay? You know, some scholars say that the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings, from chapter 1 to maybe 4, 5, or maybe 7, is a compression of the whole Bible. Okay? So if you are into prophetic speakings or study, or you're a student of the prophetic, it's easy for you to be able to, from the book of Genesis, see what's going on. Praise God. Are we together, please? Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter chapter I don't even know where it is now. Is it chapter two now? Okay, let's look at chapter one. It says, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, him. Male and female created he them. And he blessed them. And he said, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. Subdue it. Have dominion. Praise God. Now, I was speaking with Pastor Dilly this morning. And um, I was telling him a few things. When you see me, you know, sometimes people just wonder, why doesn't he just preach? Why doesn't he just read the Bible and let's just get on with it? Why does he bother about Hebrew translation? What the Hebrews say? What the Hebrew does say? What did this one say? And all that. We must understand something, that ancient writings... Okay? Ancient writings. When we were in school, we knew or we studied that um, <laughs> that Egyptian writings is called hieroglyphics. That's right. Now, you know, we think that it's a crude way of Writing. That's what those who taught us tell us. Okay? But if you look at most of those, right, those pictograms, you will see a man carrying the head of a hawk or carrying the head of a bull Carrying, you know, you see 
half man, half fish, half, you understand, all those kind of things and all that stuff. Uh, what you don't understand is that all those writings were handed down to those men by angelic beings that had some relationship with them. Okay? Now, coming to maybe Greek, coming to Hebrew, you will see that Greek language and Hebrew language are pictograms. I don't know, uh, Bishop Adair, am I correct? So they are written in pictures, okay? They are expressed. Okay. Now, so the people who you hear me say things like Yeshua, and you wonder why is he bothering? Why don't you call it Jesus? If you study says in the beginning God just that in the beginning God if you read it in Hebrew language you will be shocked at what it will tell you <laughs> you see when you just see just that first part of the sentence in the beginning God okay bear shit you will see the picture of a horse. You will see the picture of uh, um, a house, okay, and things like that. When you study it, you will see that it's actually telling you the whole and total story of creation. Do you understand? You will see a sun there, and you will see that the purpose of creation is to make room for the Son of God. I'm just paraphrasing, okay? But you and I will look at it and say, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I will start looking at the heavens and start looking at the earth. Do you understand? What am I trying to say? Now, we think that English language is a sophisticated language. But English language is a very crude, uncivilized language. Hebrew language is the most sophisticated, most civilized language on the earth. The Hebrew language is in pictogram, it's in pictures, it's numerical. Okay? And then it has speech or the language. Okay? Did you hear me? So this is what I found out. And because I found that out, I had said I should learn more because I want to get the fullness of things. So if you now go authoritatively to go and teach, and you teach by reading something from the Bible, and read use an English dictionary 
to know the meaning of one thing, you will go and just disgrace yourself there. They will clap for you. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. Because it's the presence of the Spirit of God that actually convinces people, not what you said. So he covers for you until you have enough sense to go into deep studies and spend time and really study God's word and know that God's word is not just this lettering we see. It has life in it. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Isn't it funny that we know the beginning and the end of the story, and yet we still fall into sin. So it means there's a dark prince who has an understanding of the workings of the flesh of man, the soul of man, has been able to capture the soul of man and bring the soul of man under his own jurisdiction in such a way that it doesn't matter how much if you don't bring your soul back in salvation under the subjection of the Spirit of God, you find out that you are still captive to the evil one. So why? Because we were pulled out of the presence of God into another presence. Are we together? When you see the book of Revelation... What does it say? It says the revelation of the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, whom God gave to him. That's the revelation. What is revelation? Something that was hidden, something that was not known, something that has now been opened and given access for people to come to knowledge, not just knowledge to learn, but knowledge to become. I hope you're here. So when you now come in and they open something for you, you now use it to go and shine. By just speaking so that they can hail you. You have missed the point. Because the purpose of the revelation is not for you to collect offering. Neither is it for you to collect followers. The purpose of the revelation is for you to understand and become a person. Because revelation means that they reveal someone to you. I hope you hear what I'm saying. So that you can be able to know who and how the person is. Now, when you begin to study the book of Revelation, you find out that there are different aspects of the book of Revelation. Okay? And you start wondering, what is the letters to the churches? What is it all about? Is it judgment? Is it correction? It's showing you in the reverse aspect how you ought to be. I don't know if I'm making sense. For example, you are sitting down where you are supposed to be standing. I'll come and meet you. Why are you sitting down? Why don't you stand up? Or I'll just say, why are you sitting down? If I'm asking you, why are you sitting down? It means that I'm not expecting you to be seated. So what you're supposed to do is to stand. 
I don't know. Does that make sense? So when Yeshua is saying, write to the church of Ephesus, write to the church of Smyrna, write to this church, write to that church, do this, do that. He says, I know that say, you are falling from your first love. What you are supposed to do, what we are supposed to do when we read that, we're not supposed to be reading and talking to the Ephesian church or to whoever church they are writing to and telling them, return to your first love. <laughs> we are supposed to look inward and begin to see what and how far we journeyed away from our first love and make corrections and come back to the first love. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. So the purpose of the book of Revelation is for us to conform to the full nature of the Messiah. But instead, we run away and say, I don't, I, I don't like to read the book of Revelation because I don't understand it. Or I don't want to be afraid. And the same book of Revelation says that anyone who reads this book and obeys it is blessed. And it says, don't remove, don't add. So which means that the book of Revelation is the book of blessing. And the book of Revelation is the final, 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 because that's where you see that the tabernacle of God has now come to be with man, which means that if you follow all these prophets, chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, you understand? When you get to that place, you find out that all the different processes of the redemption of mankind has actually happened. And because it has happened, now God has the freedom to now come. At the end of the book of Revelation, you see where it says the spirit and the bride say what? Come. Why? Because the bride has made herself what? Ready. So the book of Revelation is the final preparation of the bride. Are you getting what I'm saying? For, for the coming of our Lord Yeshua. I don't know if I'm making any sense. But the children of God always run away from it. Why are they running? Because there is something that they have not attended to. Something that they have not allowed to tamper with. They are, they are intact. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. They don't want to study the word of God. They don't want to study the word of salvation. They want to go to heaven without packing their load. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. Huh? <laughs> you can't go on a road trip without preparing. When I say packing, I mean preparation. Am I making sense, please? So something is wrong somewhere. We need to make corrections. You cannot choose what you think is righteousness. You find out from the Father what righteousness means. Because the mind you are using to make that decision is an altered mind. It's not a pure mind. It's not a mind that is influenced by the Spirit of God and by God's Word. Am I making sense, please? I hope I'm not being too nebula or too... Outlandish in my talk. Uh, you know, it can't be theological. I'm just being that simple. So, 
You know when the Bible tells us that God told man to tend the garden? Your English language will tell you what is the meaning of tending. Tending means taking care of. But the Hebrew translation of that word tend is worship. So you find out that for years and thousands of years, people have been reading that thing and saying that you have to take care of the garden, which is walk. Now, the Hebrew translation of that word walk is the same translation for the word worship. So what God is actually talking about is worship or expression of his nature. Am I making sense, please? I'm not going to waste much of my, your time. Pastor Samson was talking about John. That in him was what? Life. In him was... Let's read it. Let's read it. John, or the book of Johanan, chapter 1. The book of Johanan. Is there anybody there, please? Verse, is it? Chapter 1, verse what? Verse 4 says, In him was life. In Yeshua was life. So there is a life that Yeshua brought to mankind. I hope you hear what I'm saying. And it says, and this life is the light of men. And then it says, the light shines in darkness. And darkness does not comprehend it. Now, when we, we need to, when we are studying the Bible, don't just, you know, we are too religious, Pastor Daly. We are so religious, we want to say it as it is in the Bible. And then, in the process of saying it as it is in the Bible, you miss the mark. Why? You are not meditating, neither are you thinking by the Spirit. So the Spirit of God does not have room to explain what the Bible is saying. I don't know if I'm making sense. So you find out that you stay in one spot and you don't progress. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Now there's a light or there's a life that enters into a man. When that light or that life enters into a man, it brings illumination and it brings an unveiling. Are you getting what I'm saying? And it exposes and expresses another life in that man. Now, when you see, it says, and this light shines in darkness, you should wonder, where is that darkness? 
Is the darkness outside? Or is the darkness inside you? I hope you hear what I'm saying. So here it says, in him was life, and the life is the light of man. So it means that every single man that comes upon this earth, the book of John, uh, John or Johanan, the baptizer says that this is the light that shines, that lighted every man. That, uh-huh. So it means that when you come into this world, you, you, are, you are darkness. Did you hear? So you need to be ignited with a light or a life. So that life, when it comes into you, it brings illumination, it brings exaltation. It upgrades you from that state that you're in into another state. I hope you hear what I'm saying. So when it says that the darkness does not comprehend it, it doesn't mean that there should be confusion. What it's telling you is that that, that the darkness has no choice than to go so that the light and the life can fully find expression inside of you. I don't know if what I'm making saying. And the purpose of that illumination and the purpose of that light is to bring salvation or bring a resuscitation, an atmosphere, a realm, a dimension, a world to this earth that you find. Did you hear what I'm saying? Now, if you continue to stay in your state, if Isaiah now says that darkness covers the earth and gross darkness the people. But when you begin to arise, when you begin to step up or ascend, I hope you hear what I'm saying, in the life of God, what happens is that the glory, the nature, are you getting me? The, the atmosphere and the life of God begins to cover the earth. I hope you hear what I'm saying. As what? The waters covers the sea. But when you stay in one spot and you refuse knowledge and you decide that by fasting only and by prayers only and by going to church only and by doing this and doing that only, so you used to mark time until when the trumpet comes. When the trumpet comes, in fact, the trumpet has been blowing. The first trumpet has blown. You know, Bob Marley knows all these things. Bob Marley, that's mostly Bo. Bob Marley says, he <laughs> says, says there is the first trumpet, and it might also not be the last. 
He said, uh, uh, this, uh, this could be the first trumpet. Might as well be the last. No tell, no lie. So, Bob Marley knows all these things. He talks about the first seal, second seal, third seal. And he read it by smoking a book. Now, you have Holy Ghost, and you refuse to even study. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with us? And you say that you're waiting for trumpet. Trumpet is not papa na papa. Trumpet is a message. I hope you hear what I'm saying. So we have to learn our language. Praise God. I don't know whether that made any sense. Pastor Samson, I'd like to stop. I'd like to just stop abruptly. So that you go and think small. And you wonder, why did he not even complete this? Why did he not bring, why did he not land the message? I won't land the message, you land it yourself. Long and short of everything, what I'm saying is, do you know that even when you study the Hebrew Bible, you won't get everything? You still need Holy Ghost. <laughs> so there's no how you go. Without Holy Spirit, you're not going to go anywhere. So you need the Holy Spirit. There are traditions. You know, I tell, I say it and people just say, ah. <laughs> there are cultures and tradition in Israel that you are supposed to know. When God came to Cain and said, where is your brother? Cain said, why are you asking me? Am I my brother's keeper? You should learn from that. So it means that in Israel, you are supposed to be your brother's keeper. It means that in the church or in the ecclesia, Pastor Dele cannot do without Bishop Adeyemi. You know, we have been teaching on the breastplate of righteousness. Why do they call it breastplate of righteousness? Why don't they call it breastplate of peace? Why don't they call it breastplate of revelation? Why do they call it breastplate of righteousness? Now, what, you know, even government, they say, and the government shall be upon the shoulder. So what is on the shoulder of Yeshua? Who is Yeshua? He's the high priest. Go and check the garment of the high priest. It's the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. Six here and six there. 
So it means that the 12 tribes, the burden of the 12 tribes of Israel, are you getting me? Once that burden is in place, the government of God is in place. It means that every single person must carry the breastplate of righteousness. What it means is that the love for the people of God is part of your inward configuration. It means you cannot say that you are a child of God and you don't love your brother. If you say you love God and you don't love your brother, you're a liar. And what? And the love of God is not in you. That is not a playful word. That is terrible. And they are not playing. And if it's not in you, you are disqualified. I don't know if you get. Automatically, you are disqualified. And that is serious. I don't know if you hear me. So when you are saying you are of redeem, and you say you are of a deeper life, and then we know they do like that for redeem. Uh, Christ embassy, let's stay on our side. Uh, four square. We don't want, I don't want... Uh, people from redeem to stain me and things like that. You don't know what you're saying. You see my hair now? I cut my hair on Friday. See, it's looking very sharp. Fresh. Should I pull down my trouser? <laughs> that part, is it part of me or yes. part of you? Yes, it's, part of uh, it's not for public view. Are you sure? Uh, listen, my body doesn't reject that part. It's a what? Full package. I like that. So there are parts of the body of Christ that is not pleasant like the face. There are parts of my heart. Can my heart survive outside my, inside my body? Can my heart now say, is it only my face that they are seeing that he too wants to come out and then he now comes out? Can he survive? He can't. So he's doing well by himself, staying in there. Pumping blood. So there are parts of the body of Christ that we cannot do without. We can't leave them. They don't look like you. Just like my liver and my heart don't look alike. 
They don't look alike in shape. They don't look alike in function. They don't look alike in color. Are you getting what I'm saying? But they are walking in agreement to help this body to move. This is why I'm standing here now. It's because they are functioning well, number one. Number two, because my leg is carrying this body. If this leg is not here, I won't be as tall as I am. I can't... Ah, I love Brother Francis. See how he just posed. <laughs> the reason why I'm posing like this is because of my leg. <laughs> if one leg is tall and the other one is short, I won't pose like that. I don't know if I'm making any sense. parts of the body will not grow the way what is it? I'll try it down. It's up to it should take it there. So the part of the body will not grow itself in love when there is no what? Every joint is not making what? Their supply. So like the Papa just said now, so there's no way if the if the a particular um, um, organ or um, system, my body is not working the way it ought to work. I, there's no way the body will stand whole, right? So the only way the body, the body will stand whole is that every part of the body is giving their supply for the building up, for the edification of that body, for the body to grow up itself in love. Because the end of all of this supply is to end up as love people, people of love. You understand? That when people come and miss us, the fragrance, the smell from us this fragrance, the fragrance of love. Hallelujah. Amen. And we are trusting the Lord that um, the life that is given to us, we have to talk about the love of God that is shared abroad in our what? In our hearts. That this love of God to be shared abroad, you know, to be shared abroad. It's in our spirit, but that to be shared abroad in our hearts. And it's now because it's not there, a lot of times you see some level of resentment. You know, there's sometimes something, there's the level of staying away. I don't need you, you don't need me. I can do it alone. Do you understand? But you see, through government of God, it's not one man's squad. It's a collective effort. Everybody coming out together to achieve a common front, a common purpose, which is the purpose of God. I'm trusting all that way we will drop our traditions. You know, we have been spoiled by this, this world, this system. Do you understand? Traditions of men, philosophy of men have spoiled us. in so much that we, we you know, I, I was saying something yesterday. I said, the reason why we still walk the way we walk as God's children is because of understanding. Because if, if I know that working together, working with Pastor uh, Uche will cause light to flood in our environment, if I have that understanding, you know, I will strive to see I walk and never to walk with him in the spirit and mode of peace. Why? Because my walking with him will cause what? The explosion of lights. In the, in, the, in the environment. But if I begin to walk in darkness, 
We can't judge lights. What, what, what does it mean to walk in darkness? It means I'm not agreeing with him. Do you understand? I want my opinion to stand. I want my way to be seen. I, I will shut down his own and let my own be other. You must, if it's my own, you will follow. Praise God. Stay. You see what he just said now? What did you say now? Could you repeat it, sir? By the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I was saying, I'm talking about uh, the relations between me and it will shut down darkness. I understand. Now, I want that my, my agreeing with him, my agreeing with Pastor Uche, shut down the level of darkness around us. But because of I like understanding, I would, I would decide to keep far away from him because by myself, I think I can judge that darkness. I can move that darkness alone. Mm -hmm. But that darkness, will, that darkness will continue as long I, as I'm still, still loving my life. I had no need to submit my life. The darkness will stay and the darkness will not go. So, but if I, I will both agree, do you understand? Where that allow his opinion to count. So if I, even though I bring suggestion and it's a wonderful suggestion, do you understand? There's a way you want to counter it. But because I need to die, because there is something I'm looking at to understand that anytime we agree, as if, if Jacob, if our father Jacob, when he gets up, something shifts in the spirit. Every time he gets up, something shifts in the spirit. So if I agree, we agree together, something shifts in the spirit. Something happens in that environment. Why? Because we are in agreement. But because I lack understanding, I'll keep fighting my brother and I'll keep kicking darkness. Praise the Lord. So we should be thinking. Because my enemy will be happier when we are quarreling. And if he notices that we are trying to make peace, he will come and scatter it. He would cause, he would bring in something that would cause division. So it means that at, at all costs, you are supposed to understand the culture and the civilization of a, a child of God. You were not brought into the commonwealth of Israel. You were brought into a commonwealth. Do you hear? You were an, a wild olive branch. They caught you from the jungle and brought you into a civilized branch. And they engraved you in. The purpose is so that you can receive the new trend of the civilized tree. And it will flush out the wildness. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. If you study agriculture, you would understand what I'm saying. When a, a plant has been nurtured with fertilizer and you want to convert that plant to an organic plant, what you do is that you allow it to grow, bear fruit, leave the fruit to fall. First year. Next year, it will grow, mature, produce fruit. Don't touch the fruit. Leave it to fall. The third time, by the fourth time, all 
the chemicals will have flushed out of the tree. And then, you, while you are waiting for those three years, you are using natural fertilizers to garnish the soil so that the nutrients that enter into the tree are pure and clean. Now, after the third, fourth year, maybe fifth year, you have an organic fruit. Do you get me? So it takes a process. Don't carry the nutrients from the wild olive tree and bring it to defile the civilized tree. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. You must know that you have an enemy. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world. Spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, put on the whole armor of God. <laughs> so that you can be able to stand against the wild of the enemy. Carry the shield of faith that will quench every dart of the evil one. So there are wiles that spirits whisper into your ears and you think you are the one. You think you have a right. You want to stand your right. You want to Stand your right. You want to defend yourself. But Philippians says, don't defend yourself. Don't assume you are better than your brother. In, in fact, he says, determine that your brother is better than you. While you are determining that your brother is better than you, you yourself, you yourself, your brother is also determining that. So you are in competition now. You are better than me. And he will say no. I'm better than you. So at the end of the day, are we going to be quarreling with each other? No. What God is looking for is a serene and civilized environment. So if Pastor Dele cheats me today, I will still be doing my righteousness. He will cheat me tomorrow. I will continue to do my righteousness. After the third time, ah, Pastor Dele, see what I've done for you now. You should be able to know. And Pastor Dele say, so, did I beg you? I beg, and he'll cheat me again the fourth time. I should continue and continue and continue and continue and continue and continue until it says, do not be overcome by evil, but rather overcome evil by good. That is a civilization. Now, so they do and for where we come from. When you understand that that is where we come from, that's how we are, you will continue like that. You might even die in it. You're not the first person to die. Go and look at Hebrews chapter 11. It says, All these died while waiting for the promise. Do you get? They didn't even receive it. They never changed their mind. In fact, they. They determined that this world was not a good environment for them. So they all looked forward to another country whose builder and maker is God. Peter says that we all hasten, we hasten to the world to come, wherein dwelleth righteousness. So what Pastor Samson is saying 
It's not an adage. It's a spiritual law. It's a doctrine. I have news for you. It's not palatable to your flesh. It's not even good for your righteousness. Do you know who I am? Pastor Dele? You know who I am? Go and ask them who I be. They will tell you. They will tell you of all the escapades I've done. All this one I'm just here. If not because of Jesus. Before Uncle. <laughs> and the Jesus thing is not only you. You are saying, if not, I, I don't have time. For, is it, if not for Jesus, I won't have any time for you. Mm-hmm. Before Uncle. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. These are some of the things we say. And we don't know that we are saying it from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They hold me. Who are you? I learned something that is not about me. I'm not even supposed to be in the picture at all. It's either Christ or God or nothing else. When you begin to reason in that way, you will find that there is no good thing in man. There is nothing good in man. Nothing. There's nothing good in you. Hallelujah. And that's what Pastor just said now. He said, um, uh, the reasons for the scriptures, the reasons for God's word, is not actually to, is not actually to, uh, it's not actually for showmanship. It's actually for hiding. You know, see, even the, the God himself, they say he hides. They say he hides. And where he hides is in light. So where we should be hiding, it should be where? It should be in light. So anything we are reflecting, demonstrating, should be in light. Where it is no longer I, but Christ that lives through me. That is, that is how it is. So anytime God is coming out, God is coming out in light. That's why he said, they say love will not vaunt in what? doesn't vaunt in self. That's, who, that's the nature of God. But you see, what this word has taught us is, even with the light we have, reached, we have received, at means of even puff up, eh? where we receive, where we receive, we want to receive accolades from men, we want to receive praise from men. There's a way somebody won't talk about you well. I don't know why it happened to you, it's happened to me, right? Someone won't talk about you well, right? There's a way to get to you. Because there is something you are wanting from that talk. You are wanting worship. You are wanting praise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> somebody, I, I forgot the last. Uh, somebody, somewhere, somebody said uh, he went for a meeting, and you know they did not they did not address him the way they should address him. And as, when he came up, he said, "Please, point of correction. Mm-hmm. My name's Ha. Yes, Hallelujah. Amen. So we are trusting the Lord." Uh, in this season, that um, uh, we learn to hide in light, in truth, in God's word, meaning we will not allow flesh to find expression. 
we allow the life of God we have received to be made manifest. To be made manifest. The life of God we have raised to be made manifest. So and it's, 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 it is a deliberate thing. Because God is deliberate. God is intentional in anything he's doing. The same thing God wants from us. Who taught it not robbery? To be equal with God. Took upon him the form of a servant. Are you seeing that? So if he showed us, where did he hide himself? In light. And understanding, making give himself, gives himself to that. Hallelujah. I want us to open our hearts again as we receive um, the ministry of Pastor Dilly Matthews this afternoon. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If I fall asleep on the pulpit, it's Pastor Esibor's fault. <laughs> Praise God. Give me Milo. <laughs> <laughs> um, if there are any questions, um, you know, any questions so far? Okay, if there's any question, it's him that will answer. <laughs> Praise God. Praise the Lord. Every time, since sometimes people don't know what they call light. They only know in light, light, light. Light, light, light. Some people don't know, understand what they call light. Uh, according to what is light? I want to bring that light according to how people understand what they call light. Some people feel it, they don't know what they call light. I, light, expose light to us. Let us know what they call light. Sorry. Light means understanding. Light causes you to see. Then, so light forms, gives you a new culture, a new expectation, a new lifestyle. Light is understanding. For example, um, we know those who live in, in the village. We're not talking about the basic life of villagers, but we're talking about just that which shows, that which is apparent. Physical things. The people in town, or the people in London, by just, I'm talking about environment, I'm not talking of inside constitution. <laughs> they have more lights than those who are in the, in the villages. Now, because they know how to do certain things in a way that helps man to be more productive. That came because of light. So light, this light, is that which promotes God's civilization. I, I, you know, when we use the word too much, sometimes we lose, we lose the meaning for it. But I don't want to say it. God's way of life, God's order of doing things. When we have light, this light promotes in us the ability to know and to utilize God's way of doing things. Hallelujah. And then when we do that, that, when we make it our culture to recognize and to do God's way of doing things, to follow that pattern, it will now structure certain environments around us that will make for peace and God's authority. Praise God. Yes, you can. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. 
Hallelujah. Actually, it was today when I was talking with uh, Pastor. Um, and I want to thank you for asking that question. It was today when I was talking with, um, before we came down, I was discussing with Pastor Samson that he mentioned this light and some understanding came to me also. For a long time, it was a mystery to me. You know, we are not able to because of the culture and the civilization that Satan brought to us. We are not able to actually um, live how we ought to live here on earth. When Yeshua came, the scripture tells us that in him was life. And this life is the light of man. I hope you hear. So it means that there's a life that men ought to live that would bring light. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Now, Yeshua now says this in the book of Matthew chapter 5. He says, you are the light of the world. And then I say, the city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. So it means that we are the ones that by expression of the life of God that we are carrying will bring illumination and bring an expose of the true nature of this earth. And the whole of creation will be able to function exactly how God proposed and wants it to function. Which means that the creation right now is not functioning according to their normal. They are under bondage, Romans chapter. It tells us. But the whole of creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God so that they can be able to find expression in the glorious liberty of the sons of the Messiah. Praise God. Praise God. Now, one of the things that I want to talk about this morning has to do with all the sole thing I want to talk about is has to do with the foundational knowledge that we need to have and carry so that we can be distributors uh, of this light without too much doubt in our hearts. It is possible that in we can belong to a community, we can have speak the name identify with the name and speak the language of the community, but in our hearts, God's word about principal pillars, which defines the community and makes it different from other communities, is not settled. If it is not settled, if we have doubts in our hearts, if we cannot look at the Bible and bring certain things out to convince ourselves first, and then to convince others, we will not be able to illuminate others. It is true that we all carry certain measures of light, but it is also true that some are above others in the level of light which they carry. Now, but being above others in the level of light which I carry forces me, enforces it in me, on me, that if you have something that you think will be a blessing to me, I should listen. The more you know, the more of God you know, the more you think you don't know. That's what it means. So you are eager to receive from others. Hallelujah. Paul says, if any man thinks he knows anything, he does not know 
as much as, as much as he ought to know. So, but nevertheless, the truth is that as a community, we are above in certain ways, even if it is just in the knowledge. It may not have been showing in the life yet, praise God, or may not be showing in the life as much as it should show in the life. But at least we recognize certain things. You know, there are two types of sinners. The sinner that sins and says, God, forgive me, I've broken your... your. The sinner that says, I beg. And then maybe I add another third one. It's the one that does not even know whether God has any rule or anything. He's all living life. The three of them are sinners. Yes, but one knows and says, Lord, I know I'm guilty. Forgive me. And you know God gives people time. Hallelujah. So when you are coming to a certain truth, God gives you time to be able to internalize the truth and live the truth. Otherwise, other people will overtake you. And then maybe by jealousy, you will now begin to run to do the truth. Many years ago, there's a man of God that teaches prosperity in Nigeria. I heard his message, and he was talking about something that happened many years ago that was connected to that time. Let me explain. He said there was a man, at that time he had become a billionaire. You know, if I, we know his name. He's the chief prosperity minister in Nigeria. As universities. <laughs> okay, so you, I know you know now. Okay. So he said many years ago that when he was teaching prosperity, he said there was, he said some people were, what's that? He said because he was not looking like what he was preaching. Meanwhile, God gives time for us to come into the manifestation of that which he has shown us. So he said, the man said, ah, but now there was an offering that God told him to give him at that time. Like, you know, giving uh, Bishop Odepo 250 naira in 19, I mean, maybe in 2002 or 2001. I was like not giving him anything. Because in 1993 or so, if I remember very well, 95, he said if he was in a congregation and he gave and the, the, there was an offering time, if the if the usher counted less than 10,000 naira, if you ask the usher, what, where, where, the, where did the money disappear to? So at least, if Bishop Edepo was in your church, at any given time, 10,000 naira would be counted. That was in the very early 2000s, very, very early. So somebody was now giving 250 naira. Now, the person that gave 250 naira was commanded by God like 15 years before that time to give him that money, but he was disobedient. So you can imagine, 15 years later, he was now bringing the money. If he had done it at the time when God said so, probably he would also be counting millions as at that time. So when God gives us light, he gives us a period of time to come into the expression of that life and light. If we don't, others will overtake us. And it's not good to be like the foolish virgin, virgins, who missed their timing. They were virgins. They didn't, even when they went and came back, they, were, they didn't disvagin them. Let's go. When they went to go, those who sold, they didn't sell their bodies. So, so they were six children of God, but they were late. That was what made them to be, yes, they were late because they didn't. Um, so whatever truth we are hearing, let us begin to put them, put them into use. 
The season will just, you know, there will be a season when what you are sharing now, everybody in every church will be saying it. You'll not be saying, oh, you'll be feeling like it's your own. That's why they say <laughs> that we know these things. But it's good to say we know these things and our lives are showing it. Rather than to say we know these things, meanwhile, we are. Uh-huh. Praise God. So I want to share something this morning that I want us to really look at very well. And we will have questions. If we have questions, of course, we can always be, uh, very much ask the questions. I want us to look into Matthew 24 to 31 to 34. And we'll compare it to Revelation chapter 6. And um, I want us to look at it very well. And let's make deductions. Let us stop. Let us come to a place of peace. Let there be no argument in our hearts. You know, there are certain things that your heart agrees with, but you can't find it in Scripture. You know it is right, but you can't find it in the Bible. So you now go and use a Scripture. I'm talking because we are ministers. You now go and use a Scripture that doesn't relate to it. To validate the truth. You are speaking the truth quite right, but you don't have the scripture to back it up. And then the person that is not speaking the truth has scripture to back his falsehood up. <laughs> no, are you that are you speaking the truth? You don't know why that truth is the truth based on the word. So it's very important for us to know why the truth is the truth. And when it What's this? Matthew 24, not 21, 24, verse 1 to 24, to 34. Praise God. Verses 1, that's Matthew 24, verse 1 to, verses 1 to 34, verses from chapter 1, I mean, verse 1 to verse 34. We're going to read everything together, and we're going to see something so that, or we're going to see things so that we can, um, come to a place of establishment. He says it's good for us to be established in the present truth, especially when we are the ministers that are supposed to take this present truth up. Now, why, why, why do we have a present truth? Because it is the time for the kingdom of God to come. It is the season. It may not be the day, but it is the season. So God is giving men more understanding. You know, Jesus Christ said, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached as a testimony to every nation, then the end shall come. Praise God. What is the God of the kingdom? The king, God of the kingdom says there's a king here, and the king wants obedience to his will. So when we preach that gospel to, as a testimony, it says, it says the end will come. And um, because they, were, they wanted to know about the end. You see, we, show, we just know that all of whatever is happening in the world today and around us, there's an end to it. Something tells us there's an end. You know, and truly there's an end. And Jesus went out and departed to the temple, from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say to you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming? Now, and of the end of the world. Now, um, what they were asking for, you had to tell them privately because every, when, when you are, if you are a breadwinner, you know, if you go to the north, you will understand the principle of breadwinners. A breadwinner is not just somebody from your family. He's in the area. They will gather around every morning. Everybody will collect their own 500 naira. 
from the headman. The headman does not see himself as I own all the money. Praise God. Neither do the people feel to, to come to him. So, and that's the way it works with them. So Jesus Christ was a breadwinner of sorts. Not just a breadwinner, a healer, a miracle doer. So anywhere Jesus appeared, at least you are sure about 2,000 people will be there, clamoring to get him. So, so that's why they couldn't ask him the thing um, privately in that place. So they got to a place where they were able to ask him privately. They said, when shall these things be? What things? The things that I spoke about Jerusalem being destroyed. I mean, uh, the temple being destroyed. And um, what shall be the sign of your coming? The sign. Because he was saying he's coming. I must have been telling them because this was close to the time he would die. He said, he will come again. Again, I will come to you. I will leave you. Send the comfort. and leave you with the comforter. Then I will not leave you alone for a long time. I will say, come back. So he said, what shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Now, the end of this world. Now, there are certain guys who have come. They call them preachers. I was sharing there in my um, scheduled teachings I did earlier this morning. You know, they call, they call them preterists. I don't know whether we have heard about them. You know, they say that every prophecy ended in AD 70. And since then, Christ has come and gone. The kingdom of God has been established. We are in the millennium already since AD 70. That's what they said. Now, but that's a, that's a falsehood. And they have a lot of scriptures to back it up. A lot. A lot. Now, one of the scriptures they had to back it, the major scripture that took them away from real understanding, you know, was because said, Jesus Christ said, this generation shall not pass away until all these things be free. So they said, it was in Jesus' generation. A little while after Jesus, you know, 40 years later, Jerusalem was destroyed. So it was that same generation. Aha. And he said it there. He said, but the end is on now. This gospel of the kingdom shall... You know, they say he had already come. Jesus, they say he came in form of the army of the Romans as a etishi. But these are believers, tongue-talking people that believe this rubbish. Now, but but the Bible says um, somewhere there it says um, uh, when we read down, but let's stop here. He said that um, he said learn a parable from the fig tree and all the trees when they shall begin to blossom. Then what? Um, he said, take note that all, that all those, uh, he said, this generation shall not um, pass until all these things be fulfilled. You know, and uh, I believe that he was talking about Israel because Israel is a fig tree, praise God, and all the trees also. Nations are also trees. You know, rulers are also called, are called trees. Men are also trees. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Okay, so on those grounds, those guys alone, I mean, those guys have been, uh, they are whatever they believe has been destroyed. Anyway, let's read on. So they came to ask Jesus, what, what shall this, he said, Jesus answered, when in answer to their, to their questions. And Jesus answered and said, oh, today, take it that no man deceive you. That is one of the, one of the signs. Hallelujah. One of the signs. For many shall come in my name saying, I am, I am Christ. I shall deceive many. Aha. Uh -huh. So, this sign, they ask three questions, am I right? What are the three questions asked? Can we remember? Because I need to jack us up because when I was there, I was feeling as if I, every breath was drawing me to sleep. When shall the destruction of the temple be? Yes? 
yes. What shall be the sign of your coming? And what? And of the end of the age. Now, that those two, they relate. Because they know he's coming as a king. And when he comes, the age must end. This age of man must end. I know some people are saying it's the age of the law. That's what the preachers think. It's the, it's the age of the law that Jesus already you know, come. And all that. Anyway, let me not even mention them anymore because they, I know they are not in our poor view at all. Let me not bring them in. So, what shall be the end? What shall, when shall these things be? So, Jesus said, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus began to mention. And Jesus answered as unto them, Take it that no man deceive. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. So, this is an answer to what shall be the sign of thy coming. Because he said, many shall come in my name. If you were still there, he won't be saying, many shall come in my name. So that means this was supposed to be taking it to after he had gone. Because after he had gone, many will come in his name. So this is the answer to that one. Okay. And they will receive many. And you shall hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. And this at the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you all to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom, this one that I'm preaching, the, Jesus was talking about the one he preached. And this gospel of the kingdom, and that gospel that he preached was that you have to buy it with your life. He said the kingdom of God is like a man who, who, who trades in different kinds of beautiful jewels. And he now found a jewel of inestimable value. He now went to sell everything he had to buy that one. So it is a total gospel to which every man must give himself to. That is the gospel of the kingdom. Very expensive. You can't even buy it with money. You buy it with your life. That is with your money, with everything that you have, family, everything you have. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. And ye, when ye therefore shall see, okay, this is another part, hallelujah, of desolation spoke. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, so he had given certain signs. This is the second. This is for another of those three questions that he asked, that he asked, that he answering here. And when you shall, therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel, the prophet, standing in the holy place, whosoever read it, let him understand. And let them which be in Judea flee unto the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down take or take anything to take anything out of his house. And I let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that shall be with that are with child. And to them that that give suck in those days. But pray that your flight be not in winter, neither in the, on the Sabbath day, for then shall be great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, no nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, this, there, should be, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect states, it shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say unto you, okay, did you see that? So he was answering another question there. He was asking, answering the question about the destruction of the temple. Praise God. That was when he was saying, um, if, you are, if any, when you shall see the 
abomination of desolation. What was the abomination of desolation? He said the one that was spoken of by Daniel the prophet. They now put it in parentheses there. They say, or bracket. They say, let the reader, whosoever read it, let him understand. Because that thing had happened before. Hallelujah. What did Daniel, what was the abomination of desolation? It was the fact that uh, the desecration of the temple by a foreign army, which would, which would, to desecrate means like, let's say this is a temple now. You now went and put there, or you brought a, a Quran in this place. And I said, ah, yeah, yeah, nah, nah. that's desecration. So what they did was that um, that family, a foreign army, led by one Antiochus Epiphanes, uh, offered swine on the brazen altar, on, uh, you know, and all that. Swine, pig. And Israelites do not, not supposed to touch it in the first place, not to talk about bringing it to the land, not to not talk about bringing it to the temple, not to not talk of offering it to God. That's abomination. Abomination. Yes. So he said, Jesus Christ was not saying that certain guys are going to come, they are going to desecrate the, your temple and all that. So that happened. I said, let the reader understand. Uh, okay. So that's okay. Now continue 23. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not, for there shall arise first Christ is moved up again. Praise God. He moved up to. Um, okay, so when he's talked about great tribulation there, the great tribulation I was talking about before now was about the destruction of Jerusalem. Am I right? Can we remember? I know um, we may be heavy. <laughs> if you are like me, that I wake up by two and I'm not able to sleep reasonably anymore. I, I can understand. Or if you have taken a camel, or if you took tea, like I took tea this morning, I took cocoa, two cups. It's an abomination against somebody coming to listen to a message. Praise God. Because, or if we have eaten very well, you know, all the, the scientists say that all the activity, the activity flow will come to your stomach inside, to your, inside of being in your brain. So what will happen is that you, you, your brain will be feeling drowsy. So it is understood. But we should jack up also. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then if any man shall say unto you, there is Christ, or, or uh, here is Christ, or there is Christ, Believe it not, for there shall arise false Christ and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders. In so much, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. Where, wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, is in the secret place. Yes? Chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall they also the coming of the Son of Man be. Wheresoever the carcass is there, will be where the, there the eagles will be gathered. Together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, aha, another one, we have to discern. You know, the, the prophet, when, when the prophetic words are given, the revelation, it takes revelation understanding to discern which one is which one. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give a light, and the stars shall fall from heaven. And, uh, yes, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the son of uh, and they shall see the son of man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And they shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, uh, with 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 a great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When its branch is what, is yet tender, put it forth leaves. You know that summer is nigh. So likewise, uh, ye when ye shall see all these things, know that. 
that it is near, even at the doors. Really, I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Let's read Revelation chapter 6. Now, um, so you see falling stars there. All of these things, John mentioned of them. All of them. If you read Revelation chapter 6, all of it, we'll see sun falling, moon stopping to shine, and um, the people and the rocks, I mean, people saying the rocks should fall on them and all that. Now, all of those things were mentioned there, but, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell us why. And we'll, yes, verse 1. Let's read verse 1 to the end. Revelation 6, 1 to the end. Yes? Revelation 6, 1 to end. The reason why I wanted us to read it is, I want us to read it is so that we can have context. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw, ah, one now. Verse one to the end. This is nine. We put it on nine. nine. Verse one to the end. Verse one to the end. Yes, thank you. Now I saw. Now I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying, with a voice like thunder, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. Okay, maybe what, what we should do is that we will uh, begin to share the understanding of the book, I mean, of what we have read in Matthew as we read this, instead of having to read the two and then be bringing out points. Now, um, now I saw when, when the lamb opened one of the seals, and I had one for living creatures saying with a, a voice like thunder, come and see. And I looked, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. The nature of Christ is such that he talked in parables. Even when he, he, when he, when he told them the meaning of the parables, you know, he called them, they went to him privately, and now began to talk to them about it. You will see, see that there were see parabolic things there because except Jesus is not the one who created the heavens and the earth, that's when the, the, the moon will fall to the earth and we see be here. Did you get what I'm trying to say? If it was not parabolic, if it was practical, if it was physical, you say the uh, daily Matthew's phone will fall to the earth. That's understandable. If, if this phone of this size can fall from, from outer space, to this place, it can bomb the whole house. An asteroid the size of this building can destroy a town. What am I even talking a town? Because it's coming, it's a, a, a very mighty missile. And then they gain the power of um, burning as they pass through outer space to this place. So now I talk of stars. Stars, some stars are mil a million times larger than the, than the Earth. So what are we talking about? So even when he said this, he, he was telling them what they already knew, which is not open to our own generation. Hallelujah. Because when they talk about sun and moon and stars, to that generation, it was a different thing. They understood differently. Hallelujah. They understood differently than us. 
Yes, yes. So they understood what it means. There was a time that David did not go to war. I mean, David went to war and he was almost killed. It was one of his generals that took the... Did you, have you read that place before? And they, 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 and they saved David. Then they said, they said from that time on that David should no longer go to war physically. Lest the light of Israel be quenched. So lights are leaders. He said, he that ruleth among men shall be like the sun. Did you see? He says, he says, the Lord God is a sun and a shield. Hallelujah. So when they talk about sun, when they talk about stars, even we talk about it here, stars are influential people now. We still maintain that one. Stars are influential people. People who can, who shine the light for other people to walk. For example, if I am RMD now, who is the most influential among them now? Uh, they say, is it Whiskey? We, I know we are close to their generation. You are, there is a wall in between you and the children so that you will either will pass from here to there will not be able to pass. You can live in the same house, but there's a great wall. Because when they are talking, they are talk. <laughs> one of my friends, one of my friends, last two weeks, she said, ah, okay, uh, you want to hook up, he was talking to, your, to the daughter, I said, okay, you will hook up with your, with your, you want, I mean, I will hook up with my friend, you will hook up with your own friend. Ah! The daughter said, eh? Mommy, don't use that. Eh, don't. I said, you said, don't use that language again, mommy. Because who cop? Who cop is, he say is a shell will work. <laughs> so, the wall in between you and them is very, so you may be like, ah, I want to go and hook up with my friend. But you would think that it's just normal. May, may your daughter never say that one. But if somebody has a daughter that's ah, oh well, fellow who cook well, you know. But you may just go, you want to see somebody. But that's not uh, praise God. Hallelujah. So so when the Lord talked about the, the first sign of his coming, which was the first answer that he gave, he said, um, many will come and deceive many. Okay. Now, the Pentecostal and the Evangelicals, they have believed, they actually got it right, that there's a relationship between Matthew 24 and Revelation 6, 7, and 8. They, they got it right. Hallelujah. And we have other schools of thought, even within kingdom. You know, there, I, in, a, in a lot of um, instances, um, I read after, in those, back in the days, I read after Barasam, who also, who also has great understanding of this, this um, thing we're talking about, about the seals. If you already read any of our Psalms book, we talked about unveiling seals and all of that. And um, so many other things relating to kingdom. Praise God. I'm trusting God that his work will rise again. Maybe God, God, God may even have distributed it among many people, you know, because he went on to be with the Lord. I'm sure we know, some of us know the person I'm talking about. Hallelujah. So, so, so the first sign was that there was going to be deception. Now, I know that, um, okay, there are two schools of thought in, in kingdom circles about this. There are those who believe that this 
word, this word here, means that there is a ministry of deception that will go forth. But there are also those who believe that this is the beginning of the coming into Christ because the sign of his coming that he was showing there was the sign of his coming in us. Praise God. Not generally of his coming physically. Hallelujah. We need to know that. And I need to speak it as plainly as possible. So that if we have anything other than that and we have questions about it, we can also talk about it. You know? Because when it says it's coming with the cloud, the cloud is not this cloud. I think we have said it several here, also at some of the teachings that we have had, that the cloud is not this physical cloud that Jesus is coming in. Hallelujah. We have spoken about that. Now, so the, this first sign, um, there's a man called Preston Ebby. He believes, and I subscribe to that. Do I also now subscribe to what Borasam says in a way? Borasam believes that this is um, deception going forth. But President Abbey believes that this is the work, this is the beginning of the Christ work in us. Hallelujah. But Jesus Christ was talking about his coming, and it is his coming in us, not just like we have said. So what, how do we marry the two? This was the beginning of our coming into Christ. But those who first will bring us into Christ, will not share with us the full message. So there will be deception. It is that deception that we're still trying to cure in the churches today. Some believe that once you are in Christ, nothing do you anymore. You are in Christ. You are in Christ. No, you, can, you are just okay. Some call themselves the I am now. Just because they are new creations in Christ Jesus, they say, I am Holy Ghost. They are, I am the I am. See, some people say they are God. They are the one who created the heaven and the earth. <laughs> some say they are being from eternity. I say, if you say you are being from eternity because God intended to create you, the goat is also in eternity because God knew that that goat was going to be born by its mother. So the fact that they have known you from, doesn't mean that you are from the foundation of the world. It doesn't make you anything special. <laughs> you are immortal. Uh-huh. Immortal that... Uh, that um, doctor will shook with, uh, with injection. Uh-huh. He makes sure that they will slap. He will slap his own back. Is that how the mortal behaves? Maybe he's immortal of uh, Disney World. You know those, uh, what do you call it? Iron, Iron Man, all those. Those ones are also immortals. So, because they have been deceived, it was the beginning. So, those who, even Martin Luther did not get it totally right. Because, yeah, he got it in part. So there will be leaven inside it. The Lord was saying that. So the, my appearance will be joined with that deception. When, the, the, the revival that Martin Luther brought, the understanding that he brought, foundational. But if he had stayed there, it would have been okay. But you see, the truth is that since we have the Bible, we must read and we must try to understand. But where God gave to him to understand was salvation by faith. But he projected into the coming, into the book of Revelation, and all of that. So that's why some of them did not get it right. They got it wrong because they interpreted those things according to what they thought, you know, and all that. So there will be deception within it. That's the beginning of our coming into Christ, or Christ coming in us. 
So it was that white horse there. So what happened was that after the Lord had given Matthew 24, he now saw John he, he, at a point. He called John after he had gone to, um, to the right hand of the Father. He called John and he now gave him the interpretation, the perfect interpretation of these things. Hallelujah, which we spoke in Matthew 24. Because in the book of Revelation, you will see sound of trumpet. You know, in Matthew 24, he said, they will gather, he will send his servants, they will gather the, his people with a great sound of a great trumpet. You know, the seven trumpet we saw in the book of Revelation. Hallelujah. And there are so many things. There were falling stars, you see it here also. Falling stars, dim, dimming moon, light, I mean, sun that is not able to give out its light. Everything is there. Hallelujah. And we are the communicators of this thing, so we should know them. Praise God. When he opened the second seal, okay, so this was the beginning of Christ coming in us and conquering and to conquer. Okay, now I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals and I had one of the four living creatures saying with a, with a voice like thunder, come and see. Now, we have shared, if I want to share about this, it's a very deep thing because we will now go into the, the, the four living creatures. The four living creatures, that was the cheru, those were the cherubim that guarded the place, that the path to the way, I mean, to the tree of life. We all understand that. Praise God. In Genesis chapter 1, they were the ones that the Lord gave the responsibility. After Adam had sinned, said, lest he put forth his hand and take of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Praise God. So let him not do that. Let him not do that. So he put, a, he put two cherubim. With a flaming sword, which was, I mean, I mean, um, rotating here and there and all that. Now, what does that? Who are the cherubim? The cherubim are those guys with four faces. You know, there's some maybe without four faces, but these ones were the ones with the four faces. Because in the, in when this thing that the Lord was telling John was now to be, to be explained, they were the ones calling John to come and see. It was not even the Lord. The Lord just opened the seals. And then one of these children will say, come and see. And you know that they were leading him to the path of life. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Did you get it? Please, praise the Lord. <laughs> this is very important. This is very important. They were the one who blocked it. Okay, there is gold here. And, and men, with, with two men with four faces each. Face, these four faces each. We have seen them. That's why I don't want to talk about them too much because I know we are not... They are not uh, unusual things to us. So, they now want to open the door to you. Each of those four faces must open the door. That's what is happening here. Because it was each one of those beasts who was, who was telling John, come and see. What they did by blocking the way was not just sword that was moving to kill people. No. It was, um, it was a spiritual thing. They blocked their eyes. The way to the tree of life is the eyes. Um, like my brother was asking about what is light. They block the face of man from the civilization of heaven so that he will not be able to see it. So they are the ones that will open the eyes of man again to that civilization. They are the ones calling him, come and see. It's not Jesus. Jesus had given them the commandment to, uh, you know, as I open this series, show these guys what, I, what you have hidden from them. So come and See, so the first thing was that Christ comes into us and he intends to conquer us to the finish. So, and they had a bow and the crown was given to him and he went out conquering and to conquer. We should not be interpreting this thing to the people anymore that um, um, 
I don't know how we interpret these things to, to people in our congregations, you understand? We shouldn't interpret it anymore as evangelicals do. Because we're kingdom people, praise God. Now, and as a kingdom people, there is a dispensation that is upon us. Hallelujah. And that's why we need to know it by ourselves. Because if you are an experienced preacher, so we're talking minister's version now. We know that we don't like talking things that we cannot prove. So you rather avoid it. But it's good for us to do our assignment very well so that we can, have, we can say it and answer any question that comes to us from it. Very important. Because if, nobody will, if we won't say, nobody will say it. Go out there in the churches. Everybody interprets these things physically. The famine is coming. Yes, we know famine is coming. I'm doing a meeting this Sunday, that famine, about uh, how to overcome and uh, the, the famine that is coming. It has not yet come, but it's still coming. You know, dollar is now almost 900 to naira to one dollar. That's farming. Great farming. Ah. <laughs> I went to buy some things for my family about two weeks ago. Ah. I was arguing because before I left the house, there was an amount that my daughter bought it from the market. So I now went to inside, you know, there's another, there are other markets where you can get things. You shut out the middleman. You understand? And now when they, they were now telling me something very close, like three naira. Three naira difference between how, how much my daughter bought it two days ago in the, in the house market. So I said, why did I now come here if it's just three naira difference? I've come here with, uh, with car and everything to buy plenty things. So I thought I was cheated. It was actually... Okay, should I mention? Let me not mention that. <laughs> but it's food. It's food stuff. It's some food stuff. Type of food. Now, so, okay, let me mention it. I just feel like just mentioning It's rice. 1,187 naira. That was what that woman, by the time we talked about the bag, 1,187 naira. We're going to buy, we call it mudu in the north. why <laughs> my daughter told me it was 1,200 naira that she bought it two, three days earlier. So I was coming there to at least get something as 1,100, you understand? 1,140, so that at least, if it's 50 naira, I can use as profit for my labor, for coming there. <laughs> but by the time I got home, I discovered that the thing had gone far in the market. Me, I was thinking that the house market was 1,002. By the time I got to 1,350. I mean, I went to the village market with the intention of getting it at maybe 1,150. The woman, she disagreed. She said, no, she will not sell it. I had to buy like that. And I was coming with, ah, they have cheated me today. I wish my wife came. They have cheated me. I wish I came with sister so-and-so. They have cheated me. Meanwhile, by the time I got home, it was now 1,000. Thank God I bought it. Farming. It's coming. It's coming. But there is another type of famine that the Lord talked, taught John. You know, there has always been famines. So if it was physical famine, that is the sign of the coming of the Lord alone, ah, we are in trouble because there have been famines. You know, in the time of Abraham, there was famine. It was not, why did he go to Egypt? Huh? It was a famine that led him to Egypt. Then, in the time of Isaac, there was another famine. That's why he wanted to go to Abimelech's place. And he said, the Lord said, stay in this land. Uh-huh. And then, in the time of Jacob, there was famine. That was why the whole tribe went to Egypt. 
In the time of Elijah, there was famine. In the time of David, there was famine. In fact, in the New Testament, there was a famine that was to occur for which the brethren, um, people, the churches outside, like Lagos, Abuja, they gathered money for the church in Jerusalem. So, which of the famines? <laughs> Praise God. So, what Jesus now told John here, we should pay attention to it. Because it's beyond the physical famine. Because since we have been born, in fact, we can't count the amount of famine. Hallelujah. In the, um, my mother would say, oh, in those days. When I began to live with my brothers and sisters, they say, oh, in those My mother those days was different from my brothers those days. You understand? And then me too, I'm telling, I'm saying to my children, oh, things were cheaper in those days. Even my children today now are now saying, ah, ah, in those days, like those days was January this year. <laughs> January this year. <laughs> because the things they went to buy in January. January this year, we see through Lagos, Abuja, 25,000. Those days. Eh? It's 50 something. 53, 54. That's about, eh? Yes. The, yes, 70,000. Yes, 70,000 if you get some airlines. But I'm saying if you try very well, you can get something. But not that you are going that day. If you are going that day, 100 and something. Yes. You get what one of my friends told me. Yes, yes. Um, we're thinking of going to Akure. No, Akure from here, from Lagos, 65,000. Yes, that is, if you, if you say, if you search where, there is a, the, the one you now book was 80-something thousand. Lagos to Akure. To. So which of the fuel we bring, um, which, which of the families will bring Jesus? <laughs> so if we, if we look at that physical famine alone, when are we supposed to finish? Two, okay. So that I can, uh, before two, I will round up so that we can have our time. Hallelujah. So, and I look at the old, a white horse. Okay, okay, we have finished. So, that was the beginning of our introduction to Christ, the white horse. And what, what, what did he have? He had a bow and a crown because his Lord was given to him and he was out conquering. He, his mission was to conquer. We are the object of his bow and to conquer. Because it is the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is not the revelation of the Antichrist. Hallelujah. It is the revelation of who? Jesus Christ. It says the one of the one of the four horsemen. I mean, one of the four beasts says, Come and Cherubim will not reveal Antichrist to you. They will reveal the work of Christ. <laughs> because they were meant to, they were guarding the tree of life. So that's the part they know. So the guy you see there is the Lord. And he, Going forward to conquer is coming inside us is to finish conquering us. Hallelujah. Okay. Verse three. When he opened the second seal, I had the sound of a living of uh, I had the second living creature saying, "Come and see." Then another horse, the red horse, fiery red, went out, and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth, and that people should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword. What is this one? You know, it's, some of these things are so appalling. If you don't, and they are so easy to conjecture as just physical, 
if you don't look at other parts. For example, one of the things that tells me that this is not just a physical, this is not a physical thing, was the falling stars. Because if this was not physical, if this was physical, then the falling stars would have to be physical. Because it's the same sentence. It's the same chapter. The same utterance by the same person. So you can't say one spiritual and the other one physical. What is the great sword? Jesus Christ said, I wish that I come to set fire on the earth. I've come to put enmity, a great sword. Did you see that one? Uh-huh. I've come to put a great sword. There will be division between father and mother. Why? Because one of them will be born again. The other will not be born again. So their lifestyles will be different. Have we not experienced it before in our families, among our friends, in our offices? People just become your enemies because you are, not, you are a child of God. Hallelujah. So there's a great sword. There's fight. Now, but the one he's actually talking about much more is the one within us. There's a fight within us. Hallelujah. And Paul said, talked so much about the fight. He talked about the fact that what I do not want to do, what I want to do, that's not what I actually want to do. You know, you see, there's a, there's a fight of spirit and flesh. It's a great sword. It's a sword beyond, beyond the physical. He said the word of God is what? Sharp, is, is sharper to any two-edged sword. So it's a great sword. It's, it's more effective than any two-edged sword. A great sword. So, it's more, so it says, and it divides between what? The soul and spirit. The soul which is easily influenced and which contains all the worldly ideas. And your spirit which wants to do the will of God. So there's a fight between them. Hallelujah. So, and, and it's between spirit and soul, and between f- even joint and marrow. <laughs> yes. So it has to cut cleanly so that it doesn't affect any. So it's the, it's the sword, the, the sword of the spirit, the word of God that can do that. Hallelujah. So this battle to take peace from the earth is that which came to you immediately you got born again. Peace was, do you know that we were together? In those days, we used to boast on how many girlfriends we had. We were going to church, but there was no life of Christ. And we didn't feel we were doing any evil. Our friends, we go and take, uh, their, their, their fathers are building, they're going by removing the louvers in those days and be selling. They would buy sneakers. Say, ah, Omo, see, ah, see your sneakers. You know? And we never felt like we were doing any evil. In fact, the more evil we did, the better we felt. But when we got born again, there was a great sword. You see, did some evil. But you are not inspired peace. One of my friends said, the believer in the flesh is the most uncomfortable person. It's better you are in the world. Because when you are doing it in the world, you are, you are. But you are, this one you are doing in the flesh. You are condemning yourself. You know, the word of God stands against you. You can't enjoy the thing. Yeah, you are doing it. Have you ever seen anybody committing sin and crying? This money I want to take now. I know I should not take it, but God, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't know. 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 <laughs> There's a great sword. And see, one of the things we should know is that these are not just the thinkings, we're just f- trying to fashion the scripture to. No, 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 no. This is the real meaning of this word. Hallelujah. Because Christ is not going to come out of the river. It's going to come in us. It is the revelation of Christ in us. So this is the journey of how that revelation will come to fulfillment. Hallelujah. And when you open the third seal, I had the third living creature 
saying, come and see. So I looked and behold a black horse. And he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four yeah, living creatures say, a, a quarter or a measure. A measure of wheat for a penny or a denarius and three quarts or three measures of barley for a penny. But do not hold the oil and the wine. I said, ah, famine is coming. Famine. You know, and I have asked us, which famine is bringing Christ? Is it the one that happened in the, during the Civil War? Was there no famine during the Civil War? Huh. Was that one the one which brought Christ? <laughs> what about the one that happened uh, after the Udoji Awards? Yes. Was that the famine that would bring Christ? Okay, what about the one that, or not Lakpo Shuleye? Was that, no, I think it was Shuleye that was Minister of uh, Economy, I mean, Finance at that time. SAP and uh, Falai. Okay, Falai. SAP, Structural Adjustment Policy, first tier, second tier. At that time, you remember they were no longer bringing flour into the country. They had to use cassava to make bread and all and do biscuits. That was a time of famine. And in all those days. So, was that that famine that brought Christ? After that, did we not see experience famine? The famine of uh, uh, Buari is even the worst in Nigeria. Ah, Tor, maybe this one will bring Christ. Tor. Yes. 50-something thousand. Who was that? By bag. I remember we used to go and buy St. Louis sugar. One naira or 50 kobo. Okay, yes. In those days, they will give you CC. Half of a kobo to school. And you eat bread. <laughs> you will drink something. Or you eat ewa and asaro that they put a vegetable on top. In school. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, there have been so many famines. You know, but this is another famine. This famine they are talking about, they are talking about something strange. It's a measure of wheat for a penny. Three measures of barley for a penny. I explained it this morning, but there was just one person. I, it was not a meeting for one person. It, for anybody, really. I just came to record. So some people came earlier for this program, so they joined. Hallelujah. So what does this mean? Why did God measure it like this? Why did he say beans? He did not plan it to have us. Why did he say cassava? Or maybe just call it apple. Praise God. So that's something at least every universal. It, it, okay, we call it wheat also. But wheat is also, wheat is also universal. But let's look at it. Why a measure of wheat? Why three measures of barley? He's talking about, okay, let's, let's first of all analyze this. If it's a measure of wheat per penny, a penny or a denarius was a wage of a man. If you are building a house today and then you call somebody, to come and work, carry water, do this, carry cement. That's what you pay them per day. Okay. We can also say that that penny is also, if you are a bank manager and um, you earn a million naira or maybe a CEO of a bank, you earn a million or two million naira per month. When they divide it to this, uh, whatever it means in a day is that denarius because it's a, it's a worker's wage. Hallelujah. As long as you are working. So, now, this is extreme famine. Because it means that 
You, you have a family. When every day that you work, like that bank manager, if they paid him his money every day, all he can use that money for is to buy what? A, 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 a measure of barley. One measure of barley. I mean, I mean, three measures of barley and one measure. He, he can't buy the two together. He just, he can buy, it's either he buys three measures of barley or one measure of wheat. It therefore means that he doesn't have money for rent. He doesn't have money for light bill. He doesn't have money for, um, for, for clothes. He cannot send his children to school. That's extreme farming. Hallelujah. So, what kind of farming is this? Why did God call it three measures? Now, he's talking about the feasts of the Lord. Praise God. That part of our development as believers is that we will need to realize at a certain time that we have to die, give ourselves totally to this thing. Okay, for example, let me, let me come this way. If you earn 10,000 naira per day and all you can buy is a mudu of beans, what does that therefore mean? What does it mean? It means that all you are working for is that mudu of beans. That is the summation of your 24 hours per day is that mudu of beans. Hold that thought in your mind. Praise God. Now, let's now explain what it means. In Israel, there were three major feasts, but there were seven feasts, but three major feasts. Hallelujah. One of, one of the feasts is called Passover, but attached to Passover are two other feasts. Praise God. That makes it three measures. Because in the time of Passover, it is barley they used to harvest. You see three measures of barley there. Praise God. What does Passover mean? Salvation. What does unleavened bread mean? Removal of leaven. He said, let us therefore celebrate the feast. If you say, Christ, which is our Passover, has been sacrificed for us, 1 Corinthians 5, 7. Let us therefore celebrate the feast, not with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So it therefore means that we will come to a certain time when we realize that the totality of our 24 hours can only be used to purchase Passover. The spiritual implication of Passover, that means to be properly saved. You are, you are not allowed, you are not allowed to use any breath of your day for anything that is outside of the will of God for salvation. You do get that? Yes. You are not allowed Three measures of barley for a penny. That's what it means. Now, during, Passover, during Pentecost, they used to um, harvest wheat. And there's no feast that is connected to Pentecost. So it's just a measure of wheat. Pentecost means the Holy Ghost on, in me, on me, walking in me, bringing Christ's life in me. Because that's the only place. You know? So, it therefore means that I will get to the realization that I will know where I will know that I cannot use this life for any other thing other than that which Pentecost means. If, if it is 10,000 Arab per mudu that they said Pentecostal life, Pentecostal life means the life that is under the, the, um, the menorah, because that's the only place. Under the influence of the 
12 showbread, which is the fresh bread that brings that establishes divine government from Reuben to Benjamin, from beholding the sun to sitting down at his right hand. If I if if and uh, also what else uh, the the altar of incense is also there. If I don't have my total life to purchase it, they won't give me. If I put one life of anger somewhere and say, this one is mine. They say, come and pay for this thing. You bring everything. You bring worship. You bring giving. You bring gentleness. You bring, you bring, you bring obedience. You are pure sexually. They say, anger. Ah. They say, the measure never, this is 9,950 naira. You don't complete that one. I know bring and say, I beg, you know, free buy. It means Pentecost will be expensive. You will buy it with your life. That's the famine. And everybody will go to that famine. So this is not farming of uh, beans and uh, yam. <laughs> Praise God. It is a farming of the spiritual implications of those feasts. When he say, touch not the oil and the wine. The last feast is tabernacles. And they used to harvest plants that bring oil and wine. That's when they harvested the olive and the fig tree. Hallelujah. He said, don't touch it because we never get there. It's not time. Tabernacles is not yet. You are still in the holy place. Praise the name of the Lord. You are still in Pentecost. Pentecost. God is still working on you in Pentecost. He said, touch not the oil and the wine. We will, soon talk, we will still see them touch the oil and the wine. What is the oil? What is Tabernacles? It means the fullness of Christ. It means everything has finished. It means there's nothing else anymore to do from anywhere. You are okay. You are good. <laughs> Praise God. You see, these guys that are still purchasing a, three measures of barley for a penny and a measure of wheat for a penny, they, they should not touch that one. They, cannot, they can't afford it. <laughs> they can't afford it yet. They can't afford it. So that's the famine. Now, when he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, okay, I need to round up now. Uh, the fourth living creature say, come and see. So I looked and behold, a pale horse, and the name of him who sat on it was death. And Hades followed with him. And power was given to him over a fourth of the earth. Hallelujah. Now, that he was to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beast of the earth. Now, if you look at Matthew 24, you see all of this in follow the same way. In fact, nothing, there's no breaking. When he talked about killing here, Jesus talked about they shall kill you, they shall deliver you to the, they shall kill many of throw you into prison and all of that. Many shall betray one another. That was when Jesus talked about that. What, one after the other, the way they set it in Matthew 24 is the way John is explaining it out in John in Revelation chapter 6. Hallelujah. So, what was this fourth, uh, fourth seal? Have we done the fourth seal? This is the fourth seal we're in. Okay. Okay, death. Now, the name, um, the, the pale horse there, actually, the word used there is chloros, which is green, light green. That is the name, the, that is the, the, the color, light green, chloros, like mama's hair. This is like, like something darker than this. This looks green, yellowish, or something, but something darker than this, but green, it's pale. That's what they call it, paper. It's chloros, like a light leaf, light green leaf. Praise God. That was what it was. So, so death 
was riding upon life. Death was the horse rider. Jesus is that death. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ, not the revelation of Antichrist. <laughs> Jesus is the one that brings death to the human nature, to the Adamic nature. Hallelujah. He said, except a man take up his cross and follow me, hates his own life, he cannot be my disciple. There's a time that is required of us. There's a time we're children and it is not required. We are still following certain deception. But at a time, you just know that Omo is either I give this up, this my life up, or I follow. There's reward for every stage. But for those who want to go further, they must give everything. You know, this, you know the fearful thing is this. Let me share this with you, Sars. Sars and Mars. The fearful thing is this. This is the life of every believer, but it is not, so it's not about ministers alone. But you know that there are some ministers, they know that they have come to the place where they are not going further anymore. But let me tell you the truth. God will preserve their posterity. Where they have walked up to God with, with up to with God. He's 100% where he's supposed to go. Have, this man has done 45, and he has decided that he's not going further. This is where we come to the place where we decide whether we are going further or not. That, on each, especially from the second one, from that war, famine, I mean, a great sword, then uh, famine. When you have to buy everything, purchase it. How many minutes? Oh, thank you very much, sir. Praise God. You purchase it. It's at that purchase that will determine whether we are going. See, I have discovered. I have, I discovered. We need to pray one prayer. Lord, may I not see you finish. It's a prayer. You know, certain times we are afraid not to sin because we are afraid of certain consequences. Yeah. Eh? Yeah. There are times when God will show where you can see also that those consequences will not happen. So you now determine whether you want to go on sinning or not. Can I shock you? Satan also, because ah, God will not answer my prayer. Yeah. So you see everybody that goes to a mountain where people, God seems to be answering their prayer as if they are perfect. Didn't demons ask Jesus, let us go to the, to the swine? And didn't he grant it? Didn't Satan himself join the sons of God? <laughs> did God not, if I, God did not just grant his desire, he also gave him New horizons. Have you seen? Because I know your work that you do around. Have you seen my son? Yes. Peter. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I get. I get, sir. Peter, Satan had desired to sift you. Were they still sifted, Peter? Just that Jesus prayed and said, Your faith will fail not. Yes. So, 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 can you? What I'm saying now is this: what I'm, what we are, we are saying that 
We're saying that God grants even the prayer of the wicked. Uh, he's saying that what that, you know, Jesus came to Peter and said, Peter, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you. But I have prayed for you that your faith will fail not. But that sifting, they still did it. But the only thing is that his faith would he not fail. Yes, God restored him back. Uh, God, uh, he said, when you have been restored, strengthen your brethren. So he fell because, because Jesus, after resurrection, Jesus said, go and tell my disciples I am Peter. <laughs> Why did he separate Peter? Go and tell my disciples I'm Peter. At that time, it was, <laughs> it was mercy that saved him. Praise God. So, we will only now realize that God can answer your prayers even when you are seeing your condition. You get used to God. You get you. You know you are not perfect, but you know it's like God doesn't mind. May we not see God finish. So, there are people who have reached a plateau. God has said, okay, this is where you want to stop. He just built a wall around them. He gave them their own. <laughs> yeah. Gave them their own. So, generations will keep inheriting the churches. Because God gave, it don't be, it's not because they are perfect. God has given them their own. I said, okay, this is where he's retiring. Is he every military officer that retires as general? Some corner, some warrant officers. <laughs> Praise God. But would they not continue to give them their gratuity and pension? So if those who want to go beyond the, the things of this world, they are the ones who follow the lamb to the place of death. Some people have discovered the, the secret of prosperity is their own. They can give anything. If God say, ah, this brother doesn't have good shoe, give, they will remove it. They remove the shirt. They remove say, they will tie wrapper home. They have, that's the secret they discover. Give. So they give. And it is the word of God. It will work. It will keep working. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that they have reached the hundredfold. But along the line, they have discovered spiritual gems. <laughs> and they have said that they, okay, I want to stay here. Some people is prayer. And I'm not saying that everybody that has a prayer ministry is not going for that. But I'm just saying that things can work. Keep working, even though we have ourselves we have stopped our work with God. Some people, they discover the secret of prayer. There's a place they journeyed with God. They prayed and prayed. And start, they, they, they got to the place of gushing waters. It's their own. Whatever you catch in the spirit belongs to you. If they start in the wilderness today, give them one year. One million people will come and meet them there. It's their own. There are some of our generals today. Go and put them in Indonesia where they don't know the language. People will come and meet them there. It's their own. It doesn't mean that they have they are continuing to work with God, but they are going to a place where God says, This is your inheritance. But there are people 
who want the Lord himself. <laughs> the journey further. But that journey, will you keep losing. You will keep losing. You will keep losing. You will keep losing. You will keep losing. Until you lose your life. That's the point that God is expecting. So when this guy had died the death, let's see what happened. Verse 9. When he opened the fifth seal, you know, those were the, after the fifth seal, when he, when he opened the fifth seal, I saw. Who saw? I saw. Did you see the, the cherubim anymore? Did you see the cherubim anymore? They had led him to the place of life because the man don't die. <laughs> they have fulfilled their ministry. That, that part that they were preventing man to go through, they have left the place. It's free to walk. When they opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. Those guys who were slain in the fourth seal. And they cried out with a loud voice, saying, How long, how long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then a white robe was given to them. Yes? Those ones finished their journey. Yeah? To each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both, until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren, who will be killed as they were, was completed. Now, who were their fellow brethren that will be killed as they were? People, other people who are, continue, who are going to start their journeys. Who are going to start their journeys. And who are going to go through the same process. Come and see. Come and see. Come. You know, those things that they invite us to come and see, it's not this thing I'm teaching today. It is a dealing of God where God will say, God will just place your greatest sin in front of you. Especially when you are, when you are seeing that you are going around a particular temptation. Every time it comes to you. Every time it comes to you. Every time it comes to you. They are inviting you to come and die. <laughs> They invite you to come and die. Some people see themselves, you are in a place where they put you down continually. Something rises in you. Ah, they put you down. Say, no. They put you down. No. Every time, everyone say, God, why? God wants to get to a place where you don't see anybody putting you down anymore. You don't die with that. <laughs> you don't die with that. Praise God. And we will experience death in several areas like that. When we get to that department, then the sword, the farming, we will experience it. Where we have to sell one thing to buy the other, we will experience it. Now, it said, now, they were supposed to have gained immortality because it was not yet time. They were saying, oh, Lord, the people dwelling on the earth are doing whatever they like. We will have followed you. We have lost everything. I've been just now. The manifestation of the sons of God should start. God said, don't worry. Give them white robes. The Bible says, and the white garment of the saints is the righteousness. It's not, it's not, it's not righteousness by faith. It's the rightness of their lives. The rightness. The fact that they followed that strict way of the Lord. Yes. Yes. The rightness of God. So, because there are people who are waiting now. They are, they are on the earth. They are, wait, they are waiting. 
you don't count them as anything. But they are waiting. And God has given them white robes. When those people, if they transit before the resurrection, before it's time for the resurrection, they didn't really die because they were already living there. You know, men are afraid of death. Men are afraid of what? what is going, there are people who already are living. They are living there. So it's just like they just went to the other place. Like Paul. Paul said, I have finished my course. That's Paul. Me, I'm not through my course. You see, right now, was waiting for him, the crown of life, righteousness, rather, which the Lord will give. The crowning with life, the crowning. Yes, to those, to him. He said, but not to him alone, but to all those. So these guys have done it. They've seen some of their brethren that are coming. This is the template of the believer. What the book of Revelation is just giving us is the template. It's not that uh, when, uh, in 1997 there will be, there will be white horse. In, uh, in 2005, you will now
nothing there. <laughs> because he's not talking about that. What has happened is that these guys that have died the death in Christ, not physical death, that have died to their Adamic nature, have left the governance, the governance of this physical world and the cosmic realities of this physical world have stopped ruling them. So they are in a new heaven. They are under a new heaven. Yes, they are not under their influence anymore. They are in the world. They are not of the world. The sun and the moon is no longer ruling. It's not their reason for light. You know what? The reason why they are going to Lagos tomorrow is not because they are going to do something. It's because the Lord, the light of God, is the one telling them what to do. And then also, what wickedness men want to do does not rule them. For example, this economy, God be providing for them. And the provision does not mean that they will have um, uh, all the, we want to eat breakfast, they will have millions. Nine. No. When, during the time of famine, Elijah was sustained by what? But he was content. His life The Bible says that the poor will always be among us. You know why? It's for this perfection. So that the rich will not look down at the poor and have empathy and say, let me lift my brother. And the poor, who, who doesn't have as much as he wants to have, does not look at the rich and be jealous and envious and be condemning. The rich man's shoes may cost him 250,000. Your own shoe costs you 10,000. And you are walking in stride. And you have the liberty of sons like he has. And you are not feeling under. And you are not feeling uh, bitter. Say, see this man now. Yeah, he get this kind of shoe. You know, feel, eh, me, I just need something small. He can, even if this shoe is giving me a loan, is that not enough for my house rent? <laughs> you know, there are some tires that can buy, so I can pay for house rent. Yes, master. Yes, tires, four tires of a car. Yes. Uh-huh. The, I asked for the new tire I mean, of my one of the cars that the Lord blessed us with recently. They said 75,000. One. So 75,000 times four. 300K. How much be house rent now for some places? Praise God. So, how to buy that tire and buy it to the other car? How? Maybe five, that's about. <laughs> Praise God. So, we are no under the government of the culture of man. You understand? So, God deliberately did it like that. Hallelujah. But that's the truth. So, we're not under that government at all. So, and look, when he opened the city and behold, there was a great earthquake. That's judgment. The sun became black. So the paths of the heavens are judged. Hallelujah. God will sustain us in famine, in physical famine. The economy of Nigeria will affect us. If we follow God, if we are not looking ahead beyond ourselves, there are some, <laughs> there are, there are some schools. <laughs> there are some schools. Praise God. There are some schools 
there are some schools that in Abuja, that the school fees of a child is more than the money for a family to feed for six months. Okay, in Lagos here too. So, okay, so we're not saying, oh, you know, the foolishness is that, oh, because God says it will bless me. It will, so I will now go and be looking for that kind of place because I will now be saying I'm walking by faith. You are not walking by faith. You are walking by the culture of man that has defined riches in that order. But the true riches are not that. For the, abund the life of a man does not consist in the abundance of things that he possesses. But that man that will see that way will have gone through that route. That's those come and see, come and see, come and see. He gets into death. And then he's free. He that is dead is free. Somebody died now. Does he think about where they put him? And do you know, let me now show you this as a mass. When we get to that place, the things that we have now been hurrying after, they will now be coming towards us. I'm telling, see, I've, I've they will come to you. I'm telling you the truth. It's because we are running after those things. When you stop running after them, I know. I have had people that didn't ask, but the things came. Somebody said, God said I should do this. God said I should do that. God said I should do this. God said I should do that. Because they have rested. The rest of faith. Hallelujah. Because they are, not, they are no longer ruled by the forces, the governmental forces of the earth. Who, who determine who, is, who it is well with. Because the reason why I say it is not well with me, I'm looking at the type of car I have. I look at the house I live in. I look at this. So I now say I, it's not well. So I now begin to join the rat race. Begin to, even when I go to preach, I say, ha, how much will they give me here? Let me know. Ha, how much? If I get uh, one, one call to go to VI, to go and minister at the church of 5,000, and another brother calls me in Jebu to go and minister, <laughs> which one will I choose, brothers? <laughs> Flesh. That's the government of... That guy is no longer judged. But do you know that it is very possible that the person that Dula blessed him in Lekki, one way or the other, was not able to move away from Ijebu that day, that Saturday. Then I said, which church is around? Let me go to this church. Praise <laughs> God. Lord, we thank you. And that's the way it works. That's, we, we can't go beyond this. And sometimes we may, we may be told to suffer for a longer time. But eventually, I'm see, the secret of wealth really is not to, not to seek after it. Honestly, I'm telling you the truth. Some things will just work. Certain things will just come around and come around and then they'll come and give it to you. And so shall it be for us. Lord, we thank you.
Lord, in the name of Jesus, we are who we are. We are where we are. Lord, help us. Can we just say, Lord, help us? Help us grant us grace to live the life. Grant us grace to live the life. Grant us grace to live the life. His word is yea, and amen. I find it yea, I find it yea, and amen. His word is yea, word is yea, and amen. I find it yea, I find yea, and amen. His word is yea, his word is yea, and amen. I find it yea, I find yea. His word is yea, his word is yea, and amen. Found it yea, yea. And amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, help us, Lord, including I, the minister, that I may come into the life that you are beckoning me to come into. Lord, into that life. Help us, Lord, to come into that life. So that we can come into Christness, where the government and the ruling powers of this universe cannot have control over us. Just, uh, just as they did not have control over Jesus, so that they will not have control over us, that we may live the life of the resurrected Son, so that we may live the life of the resurrected Son. Can we bring the communion things? Father Lord, by the communion, open the eyes of our understanding beyond that which I have been able to preach, beyond that which I have been able to say, beyond that which I have been able to, to, to interpret of your word. Father, help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, that we will be able to um, come walk with you in this journey in jesus name we have prayed father lord we pray we actually ask you bring us to the place of depth of the knowledge of you to know you to walk with you to live with you to live in you to see your fullness to purchase by our lives the substance that are necessary for our life in the kingdom to, to give everything for it Lord let it be so as we break this bread that is already broken here Lord let us be able to see you clearly by the blood let us be able to see you clearly let mercy be given to us let our flesh be strengthened. Amen. Let our resolve be strengthened. Amen. So that we can see. So that we can see. So that we can see. Amen. Let's hear the voice of the cherubim. Come and see. Come and see. Come and see. 
come and see. And then let the fifth trumpet be opened for, I mean, seal be opened to us and let us see in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father Lord. In Jesus' name. Okay, we, everybody takes it by themselves. I find it, yeah, yeah, honey. His word is yes, his word is yeah, honey. I found it, yeah, yeah, honey. His word is yeah, yeah, amen. I found it, yeah, yeah, and yeah. His word is yeah, his word is yeah, yes, and yeah, 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 I found it, yeah, and amen. His word is yeah. Is yeah, and yeah. I found it, yeah. yeah. His word is yeah, his word is yeah, and yeah. I found it, yeah, found it, yeah, and yeah. his word is yeah. His word is yeah, and yeah. I found it yeah, I found it yeah, amen. Hallelujah. I will trust the Lord for that which the Lord has been able to to us even today we'll go back home digest it trust God for more understanding more light more instructions of his word so that we can bring forth the life of God as already in us hallelujah uh, the third Friday of this month ministers are meeting to pray here in Cape I Apostle Dave so, I'm meeting to pray on third Friday of this month. Then, um, let's not forget the mansion. The mansion is between 18th to 21st of December. So, and um, we are probably planning to give a um, place if you have any church we can, you know, reach out to via letter. Do you understand? You can meet me in person or I will come and meet you if you have any church. So, I can invite uh, the meetings for young people. It's at uh, Ark. Archbishop Christian Akande Christian Resource Center of Igbono Gung Road, Pink Story Building, behind Ibogunu, right? Behind CMS Grammar School, Bariga, Lagos. So, and um, uh, please, we want our words to be released. Our church, um, our church um, young people to be released for this meeting. 
As we do that, God blesses us in Jesus' name. The camp, the dorm, is 3,000 Naira. For shared rooms, it's 7,005. For single room, 15,000 Naira. So let's make our, vape, our words, people, and youth in our church within the age of, um, I think there's no, they, they put it here. No, there's no photo. So uh, let's make them available and God will bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Another announcement. So I'm going to stand to our feet as we just share the grace and fellowship. Yes, let's not forget our offerings. Let's. Um, no, not Faith Plaza. This is not Place Plaza. This is behind. This, this particular is behind or at the back of CMS Grammar School. That's where you find it. Uh, the same, but at the back of. If you want, the way to trace it is. It is at the back of CMS Grammar School. So as if you are entering, you are going to Faith Plaza, but it's not Faith Plaza. You just move further. Just go. As if you are going to Bishop Owens. So just go towards that direction, and the Lord bless us. But it's, the way to get it is just behind uh, CMS Grammar School. I don't know police station. What I just know that is behind the uh, CMS Grammar School. So <laughs> and. Very, uh, uh, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the peace fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercies follow us all the days of our lives as we are the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Shalom. God bless us.